Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor's easy-to-use drag-and-drop interface. You just drop in the conversations you have with your co-host, your monologues, or whatever else you want to record, and combine that with sound effects and music, and hit publish. It's really just that easy. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hello and welcome to Monorail News. It is Saturday, January 26th. I'm your host, Greg Hauser, and with me is your co-host, Taylor Thomas. Hey, guys. How are you doing today, Taylor? I am doing good. How are you? Good. I'm very well. So, um, let's start by talking about the Riviera Resort news. Um, did, you, did you see any of this? Yes. Looked at some pictures. Um, so, um, they give some pricing, right? So, um, the Tower Studio um, starts at uh, $486 per night. Uh, it has one queen-size pull-down bed and sleeps up to two adults. Um, it looks like it has a bathroom that juts off from one end and um, a sitting area with um, a separate uh, bedroom. Then, of course, you have the deluxe studio, which is one queen bed and one queen-size pull-down, um, along with one single pull-down. It's like five adults. Um, it starts at 662 and 770 a night, uh, depending on the room and where it's located. Um, then there's the one-bedroom locations. Um, these rooms start at 984 and go all the way to 1079 per night. They have one king bed and one queen size pull down. Also a single pull down. It leads up to five adults. Um, and then there's the two bedroom which starts um, at a, a little bit over $1,500, $1,519 and goes all the way up to $1,700, $1,714 per night. Um, there's one king bed, two queen beds, one queen size pull down bed and one single bed. It can sleep nine people. Has a lovely little kitchen and sitting area. Um, and finally, they have the three-bedroom Grand Villa. It starts at $3,100 oh, a night. <laughs> um, it looks like it had a dining room, um, three bedrooms, a living room, um, and at least uh, two bathrooms plus another bathroom that has a tub. 
So that one's certainly um, very luxurious. So expensive. I'm just noticing this now. If, if anyone three days ago tried to go and read the everything about Disney's Riviera Resort, they might be read by a single image. Now, I don't know what happened to the article that was previously there. <laughs> um, so we're going to try and get that back up um, this weekend. But, you know, if, um, if you click on that, you see an image of the hotel. Um, I'm sorry about that. Oh, wait, 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 oh I'm panicking now because that's also um, <laughs> on the editor's picks. And I don't know how that happened. Um, let me fix that real quick. It'll be an easy bit fix for you. Um, so, that go ahead. I think that the studio room is a first for the DVC properties. It's not normally an option. Um, I'm pretty sure from what I've seen of the other DVC properties, but even still, that studio room price is, um, it is not cheap. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't know who Disney's target market here is, but it's certainly not me. I know, it's and it's, it's crazy too, because it's like, it's a new property, which is, hard to do at Walt Disney World because there's so many beloved resorts already, you know, and so many wonderful ones. So when you bring the new one up, this one isn't like overly themed in any kind of way. To me, there's nothing like screaming at you, like, stay here, stay here. Unless you're just one of those people that really enjoys uh, like a brand new hotel room, which is always nice. Like people always say, if you have, you know, you're trying to choose between two places to stay, pick the one that was built more recently, um, which I understand. And maybe that's how they justify some of the pricing, but surely, I mean, you can stay easily at the contemporary for that same price, or maybe even a little bit cheaper, depending on, um, you know, time the time of, of the year, but I mean, that is, that is some steep pricing. Yeah, that price doesn't make me feel comfortable. And I do have good news, guys. Uh, the article's back up, so it will never have been down for you. Ta-da! If you listen to this now, <laughs> but but if, if you did try and access it over the last couple of days, you didn't see anything there. Uh, it's definitely worth going and looking at because we have tons of good information there about the restaurant and um, a lot of the other awesome stuff that's coming to that hotel. Um, there's going to be, of course, a rooftop restaurant um, and a, uh, a lobby lounge. Um, I think people are just going to love it. People um, really want to get those good views of the the parks that are nearby, you know, Epcot and um, all of that. And I think this rooftop restaurant is going to give people a great opportunity to see the fireworks at Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Yeah, I think that's probably the most exciting thing about this property. I mean, it does. It looks beautiful. Um, but to have that, like, California Grill Magic Kingdom firework experience over there for the Epcot and Hollywood Studios fireworks, that, that to me, is really exciting. So, Taylor... You're a big fan of Zootopia. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, well, why don't you talk about our next story? Zootopia Land is happening. Okay, so you have to go to China, to Shanghai to see it at first. But 
most people are speculating that not long after it happens in China that it's going to happen in Animal Kingdom. So maybe eventually you don't have to go to China to see it. Oh, I just am so excited. They haven't announced any you know, specific attractions or anything that will happen with it, but they announced that the land is coming. Yay! It's very exciting. Um, I personally hope it doesn't end up coming to Animal Kingdom. Why? I think it'd be a better fit at Hollywood Studios if they're going to put it somewhere. Um, hmm. Or even a mythical fifth gate. Hmm. Um, I hear people speculate that Rafiki's Planet Watch, that it will... That's where it'll happen. I hope not. I'll take it anywhere they want to put it. Anywhere they want to put it. I can't wait to visit. They had Judy and Nick out at Magic Kingdom today, and I was so sad I couldn't go see them. Those costumes looked creepy. Okay. Oh, I love them. They look, they look, they look a little <laughs> off model. They look just a smidge off model. Judy's eyes are really huge, but... Actually, the only critique I have for that is I think when she signs autographs, she ought to have her carrot pin because she uses it so much in the movie. I think they ought to make her one to sign autographs with in the park, but she just had a regular pin. Well, okay, this is probably temporary characters. I wouldn't be surprised if these are like the prototype characters that they have to go to China. Yeah, I think sometimes these characters come out at like DVC events and the marathon runs and stuff like that. They make little appearances. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, Project Stardust and the work being done at Disneyland. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people have seen online that the castle at Disneyland is now completely covered in um, construction walls and um, tarps. I'm sorry, I'm not firing all cylinders tonight, guys. Um, <laughs> so this isn't uh, kind of a weak episode. So um, Sleeping Beauty's castle um, is going to be renovated. They're going to add some pixie dust, and they're going to make it look um, beautiful ahead of Star Wars Land opening. But they also announced uh, Project Stardust, which is a series of enhancements to Disneyland um, to continue delivering that world-class experience. So enhancements will range from just general beautification to maximizing guest comfort and access. Um, you can expect things like curbs that will be enhanced at Disneyland on Main Street to improve guest access. The new brickwork that was added along the thoroughfare, um, that is part of Project Stardust. The tropical Hideaway, right by Tiki Room and Jungle Cruise, also part of Project Stardust. The new line for Matterhorn Bobsleds, Project Stardust. Dumbo, Project Stardust. It's a small <laughs> world. Project Stardust. Everything they're doing is Project Stardust. And they are so excited to call it Project Stardust. It's been everywhere online. <laughs> Which... If you're going, why the heck is it called Project Stardust? It's a combination of the word Star Wars and Pixie Dust. Stardust. And it was also the code name used by the Empire in Star Wars when they were building the Death Star. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a double meaning there. Um, the castle, seeing the concept art, looks like it's going to look absolutely phenomenal. It's yeah. going to be bright, and it's just going to look like something out of a dream. Um, 
That's what Kim Irving says, at least. Did they try to put a timeline for anything? You mean like an official opening date? Yeah. No. Oh, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, um, I can't verify any of this. Apparently, um, the roof wasn't holding up so well because they hadn't ever really done anything to it since it was opened in 1955. It was built mm-hmm. so quickly that now, you know, 60 years later, and you put the Christmas stuff on top of it for Christmas, and you put the gold stuff on top of it for the 50th, and the diamond stuff for the 60th. Just wear and tear happens, and naturally, you know, the wood it needs to be replaced place they're going to repair the entire roof i've heard it's right. about a half a million dollar um renovation sure. when hmm. all is said and done i'm sure it'll it'll totally be worth it so let's hear about star wars smugglers run um this really appeals to people who do the single rider line because supposedly um disney has built a single rider line in Millennium Falcon or Smuggler's Run. Um, so before you pilot the fastest ship in the galaxy, the Millennium Falcon, you'll be able to get through that line um, even faster. Um, no, it is very important to mention that Disney has built attractions with single rider and never opened it. Um, mm-hmm. think Flight of Passage, um, or sometimes they've opened it but quickly stopped using it, like with Soarin' over California. Um, and of course, we don't really know this 100%. We're just speculating based on satellite images and other information. Um, so we're going to have to wait until Disney you know, officially confirms that until it opens to be really certain if it's or not. I I often wonder why Disney doesn't do more single rider lines. Um, I am personally a huge fan of them, uh, and I wonder like what the if surely people have done research and looked at like how it affects the normal lines having single rider versus you know some kind of fast pass line. Because I feel like single rider lines are really useful, you know, like whenever I'm on any kind of attraction and I see empty seats, I'm like, oh, come well, on. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty certain. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty certain from data that we know it has less of an impact than FastPass does. Yeah. And FastPass has a, um, uh, obviously it's going to have a negative impact on the standby line. I mean, that's right. just a given. And I get, I mean, I feel like, you know, fast passes are definitely more convenient for people with young children that can't do single rider. But, but again, I feel like it's such a useful thing for the, to help manage the line because you don't want empty seats to happen. Right. When I mean, you know, it depends on the ride vehicle, but I just often wonder why Disney doesn't use more single rider lines because what they have in disney world 2 you got test track and everest everest has it but does tower of terror have it what about rock and roller coaster okay rock and roller coaster has one but i have been told by cast members every time you go to get in that line they're like just so you know your wait time in this line may end up being the same as the standby line. Cause I think, cause it's like two by two <clears throat> in that vehicle. Right. 
they don't use single writers as often. And I've I've heard a lot of people recommend that you not use that one. But yeah, that is another one. Okay, so three total in all of Walt Disney World. Okay, but look, if the two by two is the explanation, then Everest should have the same problem. Why doesn't Everest have this problem? Everest loves two by two. Yeah. They're lying and to I've, you. They're I've lying done to that you. That's line. They're lying to you. Maybe because it, I don't know how it, I can't remember how it Maybe happens that's with, with that. Maybe uh, Yeah, with that pre-show room. Maybe that like, I don't know. I Because I, I feel like I've done Rock and Roller Coaster single rider line, and I can't remember if you do the pre-show room or not. What's Usually, the- sorry, what'd you say? What's so cool is during the Hollywood Studios After Hours event, they cut off the pre-show. That's amazing. Let you walk right <laughs> pat, right through it. I own both that and Tower of Terror. Oh, I like Tower of Terrors. No, but I like because I had time to like look at all the Twilight Zone television references in the library. Yeah, yeah. Look at some more stuff. If I, is- ride, like, if I want to ride it five times in a row, I don't want to watch the pre-show every time. Right. True, true. And I think, you know, single rider is special and unique. Like I always tell people, if you haven't ever been on the attraction, don't do single rider because you're going to miss most of the queue, which for a lot of attractions has a lot, you know, it's going to impact your ride. But, you know, if you've done the attraction before or it's your third time to do the attraction in that day, then it's, you know, very useful to do the single rider lines but they usually always like almost completely cut out any of the like cool stuff in the queue sure um so i feel like that will be detrimental at galaxy's edge probably yeah you definitely right, like well, so much of it is going to be story based mm-hmm I wonder if if it's true, if they do have it, I wouldn't think they would open it right at the beginning. I don't know. Who I'm knows? Gonna or maybe be, they're going to be desperate to get people through that thing. <laughs> I was about to say, if the wait times are like eight hours, then maybe they do. Um, no, I mean, I, th- I think it's a given that the wait times will be over four or five hours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The question is, how long will they be? I mean, how long is someone willing to wait? To pilot the Millennium Falcon. I mean, I understand that some people have been waiting their entire lives. So, like, 12 more hours isn't that big of a deal. But yeah. but that's, I don't know. Like, because at some point, there's no more room to put people in a line. Right. You know, like, there's only so much space in of which to form the queue line that even if people were willing to wait an extreme amount of time like will the queue ever be that long because like can it can it physically okay Okay. my my nightmare scenario okay is that they'll actually stretch the lines for the two rides down out in in the grand boulevard and you'll have to get in the line to go into the land just walk around the line to get to go into battle escape or the line to get to go into smugglers run and those three lines will weave down that long street yeah and then, and then they'll weave around the land you know and then and then you'll be in the line but that's well, just my nightmare I, scenario i really feel like this would have been the perfect opportunity to experiment with some kind of like land reservation system <laughs> and they might do i've heard that still uh, that still might be in play at disneyland 
I really feel like they should. Like, okay, buy your ticket, and instead of getting online 60 or 30 days out to book your Fast Passes, which I guess they don't do in Disneyland, but you get online to book your land entry time. And exit time, most importantly. <laughs> yeah, your your land time window. And that's when you get to get in. I don't know how they get you out on time, but they could definitely they sweep the entire area. <laughs> let you get in at a specific drag time. Drag you out. Something like that. I don't know. Because uh, I think, you know, there's people like me who are like, I like Star Wars, but I'm not the biggest fan and like I'm gonna wait it out you know I'm not going to this land anytime soon after it first opens but I think there's plenty of people the super mega fans that you know want to be in that park within the first year that it's opened but like you know how do you really experience it and enjoy it if like you're moving shoulder to shoulder shimmying around that's half the fun we shall see. I'm I can't joking. wait to see. I really can't. So let's talk about the overflow event. <laughs> Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to have a riot. If they have to turn people away and go, but you can do Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. Never before intimate experience with Lightning McQueen. It opens on March 31st, 2019. Um, it's going to be right beside Rock and Roller Coaster. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, it's going to be cool. I, I don't know what you'd say is intimate about a theater-like ex- like atmosphere, but, you know. I know. I feel like they, they just say that because it's going to be interactive, you know. I'm envisioning turtle talk with crush kind of situation. Yeah. But even, even they didn't say that, but that's what I'm thinking. It's got to be. Like I wouldn't describe going to see a show as an intimate experience. With a screen. What is it gonna be with a screen? Yes. Well, you're telling me that they're not gonna have like a Lightning McQueen animatronic. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure this is a screen-based experience. People are even more mad then. I th- I mean, because it's it's not just Lightning McQueen. They in the video that the um, Cars creative director talked about, he mentioned like several of the um, characters. Now I'm not familiar enough with the Cars movies to remember who they were. For Cars Land, so why can't we just make them again? Like. This is a scream-based experience. Mm-hmm. People are going to be so upset. Okay, I'm not saying I'm going to be upset because it wasn't <laughs> on my priority list. Okay, but people are going to riot. I can I mean, be even just like the cars. Just like the cars walk around characters. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the video. Of the, you're right. You're right. There aren't so many elements in that video of them like working on the animatronic. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's uh, just screen based. 
what you're telling me is this, this movie could play in a movie theater and I yes. could have the exact same experience. Yes. It's a movie. But I think it's going to be an interactive one. So like um, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. I still, I still don't think that's intimate, though. I'm sorry. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is not an intimate look. <laughs> no, intimate is not quite the right word. So, Taylor, I know you're all jazzed about this because you wrote the article. <laughs> about Lightning McQueen? <laughs> no, no. About, about the next topic. Oh. She's back. Oh, my gosh. She is back. Have you seen any videos from today? Uh, no. Have you? I, yeah, I just watched one like 30 minutes ago. She looks great. I mean, to me, she pretty much looks the same. Um, Like identical. <laughs> there might be some, a few things different. But to me, she looks exactly the same, which is amazing. Like, I always thought she was... One of the coolest, definitely like most impressive part of the parade. And she was blowing smoke and fire. Which I was not thinking they'd do again. Oh, they did. I, I mean, I, I was wondering. No way that thing breathes fire again, but it does. Yep. And she was breathing a lot of fire in the video I watched. It was I, mean, I was talking often. to someone about it. And I said, "Mark my words, she's not coming back." And or if she comes back, she won't breathe fire. And I was wrong. What I thought was funny was that they never talked about it until today. Like we never got any warning. Like, oh, remember when this thing happened? Well, she's coming back. You know, well, get ready. She's coming that- back, new and approved. No, this morning they were like, "Hey, guess what?" Maleficent's going to be back in the parade today. And probably every vlogger in Orlando was like, oh, crap, got to get to Magic Kingdom for 3 p.m. <laughs> I can just imagine that. Oh, you know, everybody was scrambling, texting their whole staff, who can get to the Magic Kingdom today? <laughs> well, I mean, look. At the end of the day, I'm just happy we have the dragon back. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I think about <laughs> Festival of Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it has a refreshed look. When I think about Festival of Fantasy, I think about the music. Yes. And the dragon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on like my last two trips, the only thing that's been there is the music, and I don't know. Oh, I mean, their replacement for the dragon was sad. Yes, it was the gazebo with Aurora and Prince Philip. For months, and they didn't even like jazz up the gazebo. It was sad looking. I think the reason for that is that that's the gazebo that's used for the Halloween and Easter parade. Mm-hmm. So I think they, they probably want to keep it where they can switch it out easily for those two events. And they knew they were bringing Maleficent back. They just didn't tell anybody. Right. So why, why spend the money when it's only going to be a Band-Aid fix? I don't know if you can take it down. And <laughs> Man, but yeah, I'm I'm very glad that they... 
brought her back, and I think it was super funny that they just told everyone this morning <laughs> that she yes, was coming that was... back. And I thought it was so funny what they said um, in their press, press release about it. I quoted it at the end of the article. I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was really funny. Um, <clears throat> I can find it. Like they never acknowledged why it would disappeared. Oh no, oh no, they didn't. But they they just said like, "Don't worry, we've got we've done all the steps to make sure that she stays in check the entire parade." They basically played on the fact that she's a villain, and we're like, you know those those villains. Shame on like them! Catching down the fire in the middle of a parade, like that poster. The picture they posted with it was like, um, "What to do with when you crash the party? You weren't invited to, as if she wasn't invited to the parade, and she's party crashing, just catching on fire in the middle of the street, uninvited." Um, but then the end of it was like, "Oh God, what did they say right there at the end?" They said. Beauty rest has never looked so good. Rumor has it that everyone's favorite villain, Maleficent, is returning to Magic Kingdom Park today to retake her right and pl- rightful place in a certain festival. And it looks like she's had some work done, although she would probably never admit it. <laughs> they just, they were, they were really clever in the way they, you know, talked about it. It yes. had me cracking up. It really did. That masterful, masterful PR. Oh my gosh! Yes, a hundred percent. Just wonderful. So, um, also, this has not been posted on the Disney Park on, on our website yet, but it bears mentioning that Mickey's Foundational Parade uh, has returned at Disneyland Resort for Get Your Ears On, a Mickey and Minnie celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool cake float now. Um, so that's cute. Bring on all the parades. So we have one final story. Um, and this comes to us courtesy the Orlando Sentinel. But I haven't seen any other Disney sites report on it yet. So here we go. It's possible that Disney's going to break with tradition and name its new cruise ship after a character. Tell them the name. Triton. (laughs) So I have seen um, at least one other uh, Disney news source reporting on this. Which one? So, a few people are talking about it. The Dis Unplugged. Okay. okay that the Dis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do a lot of stories from the Orlando news, you know, newspapers and stuff like right. that. And they right, were actually so, talking about, was it going to be Triton, as in King Triton, or, um, and I'm going to confuse the words too, I keep getting them confused, the Trident as in his his spear thingy, the trident. <laughs> like the gum, but his spear. No, no. I I, I think it's going to be tri- Triton. The character name. 
If that's the name they give it at all, I think there's a high chance that that's just a code name that they're giving it now, or maybe the name of the type of ship it's going to be because they mentioned the Triton class of ships, and they'll give it a name that's more in line with you know the magic, the wonder, the dream, yeah. and the fantasy. Which is kind of dull to me, but whatever. I don't know what the name would be, but I'm sure they can think of something. What are the ones we already have? The magic. The wonder, the dream, and the fantasy. Oh gosh. That's like easy and hard at the same time to predict like what the next adjective like that might be. <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna we're all thinking of it right now. We're, we're not thinking of it right now, and when it comes out, we'll be like, oh man, we all we all should have Oh yeah. <laughs> But I mean, if they were going to do something different, this would be the time to do it because what they don't they have like three new ships that are coming? Yes, three years in a row of new ships. Yes, so so we just need um a three new three new words, guys. They could totally go rogue and do characters for those three ships. What if they call it the um? I'm just looking at the thesaurus for words um, that are synonyms of magic. What if they were to do the Disney prestige? <laughs> that's, that's not even a word. That's, uh, how, how about you up on thesaurus.com? Okay, how about the Disney wizardry? Wizardry. Nah. Sounds too much like that other franchise. Oh, yeah. Yes, the one we don't speak of. What if they call it the Disney... Disney uh, Kaleidoscope? That's cool. Because remember, that was one of the names they were going to name Hollywood Studios, according to that survey? Oh, that would not have been cool, but it could work for a cruise ship. The Disney Kaleidoscope. Disney... Cinemagine ship. Mm. That was another one of them. The, the, the I... Disney XL. What? <laughs> XL. The extra large? Extra large, right? That was also one of the names for Hollywood Studios. No. Yeah, they really didn't have a good crop of names. That's why they kept the name the same. Oh my god. With studios. Name change survey. Yes, they had, they had such great, great names like Cinemagine, Beyond Park, Hyperia Park, Storyverse Park, Legends Park, XL Park, Cinemagine. Cinemagine? Cinemagine. Cinemagine? Cinemagine. Cinemagine. I can't, Cinemagine. I can't stop like saying it. It makes me... imagine. Well, right, but it makes me think of cinnamon, like some kind of cinnamon cereal or something. Cinnamon. <laughs> Personally, I kind of like Disney Hyperia Park. It sounds I like... that one. Isn't that the name of the theater? No, no. I assume it comes from Hyperion Boulevard, which was where the original location of the Disney Studios was. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that would be kind of a cool throwback. Speaking of naming things, it was really fun the other day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, La Cava del Tequila, Tequila, I think is what it's called. The It's inside the Mexican Pavilion in Epcot. They were developing a new cocktail, and they were having a Twitter contest. They wanted you to try to name it. And whichever one they pick was going to be, like, featured on their menu. Wait, who? La Cava del Tequila. Yeah, that's they, the name of it. They, it's in, it's inside the Mexican Pavilion. <gasps> oh, wow. You know talk about? It's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. People go, you just can, like, walk up and get a drink. It's like a bar. Just a little bar. Okay, um, everybody, everybody, order your Mickey Mouse beats today. <laughs> Seriously, Apple has a sale right now. Mickey Mouse beats on Which sale, like discounted price, or of just no, no, they're available on for sale. They're now available for purchase. Uh huh. You know you want them. They come with an exclusive can. So much Mickey Mouse merchandise this year, like from every brand, everywhere. Look, I want my Mickey Mouse ice cream bars. Where are they? they? I don't know. I've seen so many people that have found them in like random places, but I haven't seen anyone around me finding them yet. The Kroger website now to know if they have the Mickey Mouse. (laughs) It's at least twice a week. Really? Yes, really. Well, I mean, definitely. The the um, official date was February, so you shouldn't have much longer until they're like for real everywhere. I know, but isn't that pathetic? It's not pathetic. When the birthday Oreos came out last year, sometime mm-hmm. I can't remember when. I was online stalking it everywhere. And I saw that Target had them. I called the Target here in New Orleans. They said, yes, we have them. Then I went to the Target, and I could not find them anywhere. And I found me an employee, and he was like, oh, yeah, I think we have a box of them in the back. And I was like, um, can you go Can you go look, please? <laughs> and he went and got the box. And then I bought, like, three packs of Mickey Mouse birthday Oreos. Wait, these are, are these the same ones that I have right now? Yeah, they are. What? You so have I, them? <laughs> no, I have I have black beat solo threes. Oh, look, but this marketing's weird. You got a beat website. It was authorized by a mouse, Walt Disney, and then it has um a little spiel about Mickey, and then it has pictures of Little Yachty, whoever that is, uh, some mm-hmm. rapper wearing a Mickey Mouse T-shirt, posing with the Mickey Mouse beats. <gasps> Mickey Mouse beats. They, they should have done like a video. $99. Is that the standard price for the for that set of beats or is it a little more expensive? I think it's just a little I think it's maybe 30 bucks more or something. Yeah. Not bad for beats, I guess. My thing is that with my glasses, they hurt like the the beats that don't go all the way over the ears hurt my um my ears because you know, they they try to like indent with the glasses and it just doesn't feel uh, great. So that's why these don't appeal to me, even though I really kind of want them. Definitely not for three hundred dollars. Something uncomfortable. I could pick them up tomorrow at Apple Fab Creek. <laughs> According to the Apple website. I've been waiting for the Mickey Mouse and 
Kipling backpack collaboration they keep teasing on. It keeps popping up on my Instagram. You know how Instagram knows everything you want. They show you the ads for it all the time. Sure. Yes. I keep being like, coming soon. Collaboration. Mickey Mouse collaboration. And I'm like, when? I'm going to one more time. Mickey (laughs) Ice Cream Bar. Shop my local store. I'm going to be in Orlando next Friday. I could try to see if they're anywhere. Well, no, they're, at, they're, at, they're at all the Publix right now, apparently. Oh, like everywhere in Florida? In Florida, yeah. So Ooh. when are they coming to my state? I have to ship you some in an uh, ice chest. <laughs> yeah, you need to get some dry ice. But at that point, you should just send me the one from the park. True. <laughs> like... Get you the book. good stuff. Get me, give me that. Give me fifty of those bars, and then fifty of the Mickey ice cream sandwiches. It will be cool. Fifty. Your mom's going to the um, the after hours in Animal Kingdoms. She could scoop you up a bunch for free. <sighs> yeah, she could. <laughs> I don't see him. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's around us yet. We we live in a globalized world, okay? What's the point of globalization when I can't get my Mickey Mouse ice cream bars at the same time as someone who lives a state away from me or two states away? They're waiting for your birthday, so you can have a birthday celebration with them. You and Mickey birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners who don't know, my birthday is in February, so it's yes. it, it, it's nice timing. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Assuming they'll be on sale. They will be. They will be. It'll be interesting to see how they sell. In, you know, just like regular places in the country. Like, I know, so right, there's Disney fans everywhere. We know that. But it's like, do I need to get to the store early in the morning? Are they going to sell out? Um, You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm worried, right, is my little podunk grocery store, right? Are they going to know to not order, like, two boxes? Right. Because I'll buy two boxes. We will stock up for the next several years. No, I hope they sell well enough <laughs> if they keep them as a permanent item. Oh, you think? I, I hope this is just like a test. Put your foot in the water mm-hmm. and test it. Maybe. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done it already. Yeah, me too. Or something like it, you know. But, I mean, I think it's also important to have stuff that is unique to the parks. That you right, can and that can be what the McGuskin sandwich is. Yeah, or, I mean, there are so many other treats that are always available in the parks. Oh, they did bring back the Maleficent ice cream cone in Magic Kingdom today with her floats return of the in the parade. 
can get your lime sorbet with maleficent horns inside storybook treats i'm not sure if you saw my interaction with the walt disney world twitter account earlier this week was it about cheese day yes i said i, I wanted a pandora it. cheesecake and they said just one i said well maybe three or four or ten yes for real I, you know what my favorite cheese was? What was your favorite cheese item? Well, I call it plastic cheese because that's what the Disney food blog calls it. And I like that name for it. But just like that cheese dip sauce that you can get pretty much like any quick service in the parks. What do they call it? Plastic cheese. Because it's like, you know, it's probably not real cheese, but it's so delicious. It's nacho cheese. You know, that yellow. It's real cheese. Is it? You know, it can legally be called cheese. (laughs) Yeah, if squirt cheese can legally be called cheese, it's definitely cheese. Um, But I, it used to be, it used to be for free. Like you used to be able to pump it out of those pumps. Like when I was a kid, and I remember, like literally, this is how much I like cheese. One of the most vivid memories I have of Disney World as a child was pumping that cheese sauce. Like, I remember doing that. And it wasn't long ago as an adult when I went. And, you know, I was at some quick service and I was like, where's the pump with the cheese? And it was nowhere to be found. And I was so upset. But then I realized that you had to order it and it's like an extra $2 or something. Um, And it comes in a little container. But, I mean, you can get it. You know, pretty much anywhere. And it's so good. They, you know, it comes warm as it should. And I already think Disney French fries are good. I think they're good French fries. If you dip them in that cheese sauce, oh, it's so good. And it's what everybody should do. If you're ordering French fries in Disney World and you're not ordering the cheese sauce, you're not doing it quite You're right. doing it wrong. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Pay more, two more dollars, get the cheese, and you're you're just gonna be really happy. You can also get it at Casey's Corner, and you can dip your corn dog nuggets in it too. <laughs> so good, so good. It's just it's just the most amazing thing. Plastic cheese. Plastic cheese does whatever plastic cheese does. <laughs> Is it food? Maybe not. Something, but it's something. delicious. <laughs> it's not real cheese. We don't need it to be real cheese because it's so good. We accept it for what it is. We love we love it just like it is. We loved it more when it was free. But whatever. Really? I, I think I like it more now that you have to pay for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you appreciate it more. I definitely do. I will say it's it is a it's a good serving that they give you. Like the first time I got it, I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is yeah, worth it." It's a big right. But they don't give you just bucket. small little, little little nothing. They they it's give like, you some real quality. If you pictured like the classic nacho tray that you would get at like a basketball game a football game you know the little plastic tray it's got your chips in one compartment it's got your cheese in the other compartment right the one you get at disney is probably like three times that amount of cheese which makes it worth it oh totally 
Spend the $2, ladies and gentlemen. Spend the $2. I could be wrong. It could be $3, but <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's not that much. It's not definitely not more than $3. I mean, it's cheese, so it's probably a good deal. It is. Right now at the Festival of the Arts, they have like... I can't remember which booth, but they have it's brie. It's just melted brie cheese inside oh. of this like little miniature bread bowl. That's all it is, and it looks amazing. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm booking flights. What, what, what were you saying about brie cheese? You're booking flights? No. <laughs> Why not? But that brie cheese, I almost want to fly down there. I know. No, look. When I'm there on Friday, I have like gone back and forth with myself. Should I go to Epcot? Should I go yes. to Epcot? Should I yes. go to Epcot? You should. <sighs> but the audition is that night. Bring me, bring me back brie cheese in a bowl. I can't eat buckets of brie cheese before the audition. <laughs> when are you leaving for the audition? It depends on how far I make it. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, like, are you leaving the next day or? Oh, yes. Early the next day. Mm. What what really was the deal breaker for me, though, was so to me, the most exciting part of the Festival of the Arts is the Broadway performer concerts that happen. Sure. And the first concert is at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And my audition is at 6 p.m., which means I have to be there at 5. So I wouldn't be able to see any of the concerts so I was like I don't think it's worth it if I'm not gonna make the concert I guess not not for me personally you worth it for me well then you should go and that'll do it for us this week <laughs> thank you for listening to this awful episode of Monorail News I promise you will be better next week awful slash amazing cheese <laughs> Not firing all cylinders. I'm going to make it a new shirt, Taylor. Cheese! Cheese! <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Gray Hauser. Follow me on Twitter at Gray Hauser. That's Gray with an A. Follow Monorail News at monorailnews.com. And follow our video expert, Christine, also known as Ivy Winter, at her Twitter account, Ivy Winter. Taylor, where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Taylor E. Thomas. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. And don't forget to check monorailnews.com frequently to stay up to date on everything that happens between today and then. Adios, amigos. 